With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Final hour for us here on Sharp Money today. I'm Jeff Barles, Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson, alongside here at the South Point Hotel and Casino, tip of the strip here in Vegas. Now joining us, pitched in the majors for four years for Cleveland. The also you can hear him now on Sirius XM MLB Network Radio. Also pre and post game on Bally Sports for the Cleveland Guardians. Jensen Lewis with us right now. Jensen, thanks for being with us today. You bet, Jeff. Great to be with you and all uh, yet again. What a busy day it's already been on the trade yes. front for sure. So let's start with with the guards. Aaron Savali traded to the Tampa Bay Rays, a good first base hitting prospect coming back to Cleveland and Jensen again this is kind of the, the thing that the guards are in because of what the AL Central is you look at a team that's at 500 normal circumstance would be you know what probably is the right move to sell no doubt but when you're half game out of the division like Cleveland is it's kind of weird to seeing them ship off a guy who is having a tremendous season yeah, Jeff, uh, the early returns, if you're a Guardians fan base here, as I've just literally come in from being outside, is they're not happy, uh, at least on the surface. But uh, I think if you look at this objectively, in the Cleveland front office, it feels like for at least the last seven to eight years, probably dating all the way back to Corey Kluber, they have had such a knack for knowing the time to trade these starting pitchers and pitching overall that they've had at the major league level. You can look at Corey Kluber, Mike Clevenger, Trevor Bauer, Carlos Carrasco, uh, now Aaron Savali, heck, even Andrew Miller and Cody Allen. They have such a unique sense of when these starters and these pitchers overall have hit their apex. And I think for Aaron Savali, there's no doubt that his value couldn't have been higher after six starts here in July and, and what he's put together for the body of the season. So now you go get a potential middle of the order bat in Kyle Manzardo, age 23, controllable for six-plus seasons. Savali will have, what, about two seasons and change left for control there in Tampa, who desperately needed some reinforcements in their rotation, considering the injuries to McClanahan. They got good news on Zach Eflin. Looks like he escaped an IL stint. And knowing Tyler Glass now has had his issues on the IL as well. So I think for both clubs, it's good. I understand the Cleveland angst, though, because – Guys, we're not too many years removed from when Yandy Diaz went from Cleveland to Tampa Bay for Jake Bowers, and we know Tampa Bay has won that one in spades uh, for the last couple of seasons. Yeah, a couple things I want to discuss. First of all, great point by you there, Jensen, in reference to the Guardians in terms of their getting rid of pitchers at the right time. I thought Corey Kluber is the best exhibit of anybody out there. By the way, Jeff, Moving forward, there are two things that I want to hear on the show. The land. As a former Northeast Ohio resident, I don't know where they came up with that, Jensen. I never heard that before. The Cavs came up with that gimmick. And number two, the guards. We're going to have to retire the guards even before it gets off the runway here. Okay, let's move on. Um, <laughs> when you talk about some of these other teams right now, who, when you look at it, who's a team from your perspective, if you were a front office that would look to make a move, whether it's a bat or a pitcher, what for you needs to be addressed by a team that is in contention right now, which would be that team? Gosh, I'm all waiting for Baltimore to, to really cash in here, right? Uh, I mean, you come off just a scintillating win on Sunday night baseball and you've won the season series 
against the New York Yankees for the first time in what feels like forever. Uh, I, I think they need to make not only a move for a starting pitcher, but man, you got to find a way to to really get another bullpen arm. I think in the back there to to try and shorten games to about six or seven innings. Uh, make no mistake about it, Felix Bautista, Yenier Cano, as good as it comes there as far as a setup and closing one-two punch. But you guys know as well as I do, when you get into October baseball, you've got to have a guy at the top with some swing and miss as far as a starting rotation piece goes. We don't think Baltimore across the league has that at the moment. Have they pieced it together really well? They have, and they deserve all the credit in the world for that. But Amal, if I'm sitting here today, if I'm Mike Elias, let's go. Pedal the metal, man. Make make a splash and be able to separate yourself and what is looking to be yet again another crowded American League East. Well, you know, it's it's interesting because the big name that's floating around right now is Justin Verlander. And that would be a perfect piece for them. They don't have a front-line starting pitcher, even though Verlander's uh, in his 40s now. He's been awesome the last month. And from the Mets' perspective, Baltimore has the pieces that could come back and actually get close to fair value, especially if the Mets are willing to eat some money on Verlander. Yeah, and Jeff, I think there's multiple things that would have to occur as far as the no-trade clause just for Justin Verlander uh, in realizing you know, what the Mets knowing that you've already given Max Scherzer away basically. And, and also that trade, if you do that trading Scherzer and Verlander, my goodness, what a reset uh, would be for the Mets who have, as we know, the highest payroll ever in the game, not to say that it won't happen, uh, but I would put it under 50% that, that Verlander goes uh, at least to Baltimore. That being said, I think we could see some things develop here maybe towards the end of the day and and in the early hours of tomorrow, because you're already starting to see many of the available starting rotation candidates come off the board. We find out yesterday, basically the Chicago Cubs are going to hold on to Marcus Stroman. I think that is basically your last frontline chip of teams having to make decision between being buyers and sellers. Jensen, I want to go to the national league. Atlanta has been thoroughly dominant right now. But who's a team that looks like they could be a legitimate threat in the postseason? Because the Dodgers, the starting pitching, Tony Gonsolin has struggled. Julio Urias has had some problems. Walker Bueller, maybe he comes back in September, can give you something. Uh, the Padres are getting great pitching from Snell and Musgrove, but can they make the push? Is there a team, maybe Milwaukee or Cincinnati? Who do you like besides Atlanta? Boy, not not a lot of all. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that just kind of tells you how good Atlanta has been and, and how deep it feels like they are. They, they can almost overwhelm any of the opponents that you throw out there in a possible NLCS. Uh, if I have to, to hitch my wagon to someone, it just feels like in a, in a longer series, a team that you know, when you, when you look at where, you know, perhaps Arizona, uh, the Dodgers, they, they may have the ability to stick with it, but I think still that Arizona would need a starting pitching piece. And I think they would need a bullpen piece. The Dodgers, man, if they got Verlander, Okay, now now we're talking a little bit. Now we've got a little bit of an opportunity to hang in there. I don't see anyone from the Central, it, whether it's Cincinnati or Milwaukee, that wins that division, uh, or Chicago. Heck, if they find their way through, just doesn't feel like they have enough to hang with Atlanta. And I guess the only team, ironically, would probably be Philly because you have the front end starting pitching, you have the dominant back end of the bullpen when they're healthy, and they've got the lineup. If you got to win a slugfest, Philly could do it right alongside. So who knew we'd be saying that the Phillies might be the one team of all that could have any shot of all those other nationally contenders to try and take Atlanta down. Jensen, I agree with you on Philly. Again, a lineup that has not been exactly what we expected this year, but Zach Wheeler's still awesome. And Aaron Nola, at some point you would anticipate the gears get going for him and the familiarity of playing Atlanta, not as many times as they did in the past, but division familiarity uh, as well. Jensen Lewis with us right now. Of course, uh, Sirius XM, MLB Radio, Cleveland Guardians pre and post on Bally Sports. Uh, I just want to go to the Texas Rangers real quick because obviously they make the surprise trade for Scherzer. Uh, obviously, we know DeGrom's on the shelf. He Evaldi's on the IL right now. They're only one game clear, Houston, after a bad weekend in San Diego for them. I just, what do you think about the, the Rangers? with all the injuries in the pitching staff and now having Scherzer now, uh, of course, leading the way in that rotation. Uh, Jeff, I said at the all-star break that if you're Texas and you kind of look behind you and see the Astros, even with all their injuries and the inconsistency and in their starting rotation, 
they're only three games clear and you're like, we've played this well and we're only three games ahead of Houston. Like it, it had to be one of the most frustrating all-star breaks. And it's why you saw this front office kind of get out in front and say, not only do we need a guy in the back end and a role as Chapman, but we need an ace to go along with Nathan Eovaldi. We need a guy who's been there, done that makes sense to go get Max Scherzer and be able to have the offset of the financials with the Mets eating a fair amount of that money. The Jordan Montgomery acquisition, I think, will be very crucial, too, just because he can be a guy that eats up some of those innings that maybe the middle to bottom of the rotation to save some of the guys at the top. The one injury I keep an eye on, guys, is Jonah Heim. And boy, oh, boy, if it's a lingering one, a guy that is probably flown under the radar, but as an all-star, he might be as important to what they do in the middle to back part of their lineup as any, because now when you look at Houston guys, a healthy Altuve, a healthy Jordan Alvarez, Jose Abreu is finally looking like the guy that he's been the last couple of seasons. And oh, by the way, Kyle Tucker and Alex Bregman are swinging their usual hot bats. The only other guy they got to get going is Jeremy Pena. Chaz McCormick's been great. They have Yainer Diaz now in the back. Uh, I mean, <laughs> Houston looks like they got reservations yet again for seventh consecutive ALCS. Going to be a fun race there in the West to the end of the regular season. All right, Chenson, you've done a tremendous job of breaking it down like you always do when you come on this show. Give me a prediction now. We're not going to hold your feet to the fire on this one because it's only July 31st. There might be some acquisitions still yet to come by tomorrow. But who are you picking to potentially face Atlanta if that's the team that comes out of the National League? If I said to you today, pick that team that gets to the World Series, the American. I'll stick with Toronto. Uh, that was Love my it. pick at the beginning of the year. I 33 and 22 in their last 55. That's a sneaky little stretch there. Uh, that's like a, a 98 win pace. And you saw the acquisitions that, that they've gone out and done so far. They may not be done yet, but they are now starting to play. I think to the capability of where we anticipate at the beginning of the season, I'll stick with it. I'll ride it out guys. Atlanta and Toronto was my exact at the beginning of the year. So I'm hoping uh, I get to the window with that prediction. Jeff, Dustin and I are excited by that because we both have the Blue Jays going to the World Series as well. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be the odd man out on this one. Uh, Even though, again, Toronto's talent is as good as anyone in the American League. And, boy, the AL wide open right now. Any one of the six or seven teams with a legitimate chance to make it to the Fall Classic. Again, he's Jensen Lewis, uh, Cleveland Guardians pre and post, uh, Sirius XM MLB network radio as well jensen thanks for hanging out with us today you forget to talk to you guys we'll talk again soon you forgot to mention also one of our favorite guests one of our favorite (laughs) guests as well jensen lewis everyone when we come back hey amal we get to talk some college football some win totals that you like next If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Who will win the Heisman Trophy? Who will be the four teams in the playoff this year in college football? Which teams will surprise? Which teams will disappoint? All of those questions and more can be answered by reading the 2023 College Football VEASAN Betting Guide, which comes out later this week. Detailed team previews, picks, best bets from our writers, hosts, and DK personalities are just a few clicks away by becoming a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. Not only will you get the College Football Betting Guide, you also get our NFL Betting Guide, which recently came out. And an all-access pass to the daily best bets, picks at a glance from VEASAN shows, and full viewing of our DraftKings betting splits. Check out the offers available to you today, VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Welcome back in. It's Sharp Money. I'm Jeff Parles. I'm all shot. Dustin Sweetelson here. Patrick Maher is back tomorrow. Looking forward to that as well. Amal, the college football guide, as we just said, comes out later this week. Got to be a pro subscriber. We're going through what just a taste of what you can get from the college football betting guide. And let's start with two teams that you're intrigued by this year. They both happen to be state universities. We'll start in the colder one. Let's start in Penn state. Well, you know, to me, you look at this team, you got to start at the quarterback position. You, you look at drew Aller, who's going to take over. He's a big time recruit sophomore. He's got a ton of talent. I think Penn state, if they can just get the perimeter play, uh, on on the outside at the wide receiver position, they become a really, really dangerous team with him under center. Bring in Dante Cephas to transfer from Penn State. Had a pretty good uh, run there. I'm sorry, at Kent State to Penn State. Uh, but that's one of the keys for them is on the outside. Can Harrison Wallace step up? Uh, of course, Smith Lambert as well. If these three guys can deliver, then I think this team becomes really dangerous and could potentially challenge Michigan and Ohio State. We talked about Michigan's running back room. Also, we talked about Wisconsin's, but make no mistake about it. Penn State is right there. It's just that Michigan's is probably the best in college football. You look at Nicholas Singleton and Catron uh, Allen. These guys are outstanding. Great, great tandem of running backs. Good offensive line. Uh, if it gets better as the season progresses, this team's got a chance. But really, it's going to come down to, Jeff, on the offensive side of the ball with Drew Aller and the receivers. If they're effective, I think this team puts themselves in a position to really be effective. And the best thing for them is they don't play Michigan until the 10th game of the season, November 11th. If you go through the schedule quickly, West Virginia at home, Delaware at Illinois. won't be easy, but it's a game they can and should win. Iowa at home. For some reason, the Hawkeyes and Penn State wind up with some tight, tight affairs from time to time. At Northwestern, they get UMass after a bye at home. Then the big game is October 21st at Ohio State. I'm expecting them to lose, but remember, Penn State is a team that has played Ohio State extremely tough. I believe they're nine and uh, one and nine in their last ten against the Buckeyes, but those games are far closer than that record of one and nine would indicate. And then you've got Indiana, who's going to be down this year. Season win total about three and a half for the Hoosiers this year. And at Maryland, for people that are unfamiliar, Jeff, you're from this part of the country. A little bit more of a rivalry than people realize when you play Maryland there. Not that the Terrapins are going to be able to win the game necessarily, but at State, uh, at College Park won't be a slam dunk. And then, to me, the season really comes down to, for them, the Michigan game at home. I mean, it's a, it's a rivalry if you ask people from the Maryland perspective. That's what I'm saying, yeah. <laughs> Not the Penn State perspective. So... You know, Maul, I'm going to pencil in 6-0. and I'm going to okay. pencil in 6-0 and because 
if you're as talented as I think Penn State is, yeah. you're not losing in Champaign. You're just not losing that game. You're going to find a way to beat an Illinois team that, look, I think Illinois is a pretty obvious bold team this year, but that's a game you win if you're a team that has aspirations to take out an Ohio State or a Michigan in the Big Ten East. I don't disagree with you. And with the top, they had a top 10 defense last year. I think they've got seven starters back. Uh, I'm not a big Manny Diaz guy, the defensive coordinator there, but this team is still really, really good. Uh, Carter was outstanding for them last year. They can; These are guys that they can continue to rely on, and that's the thing. You know, look, you do lose, obviously, Joey Porter Jr., who was a big cog in this team, but uh, you've got Keaton Allen, and then Kalen King is one of the top cornerbacks in college football. You know, I think what happens with Penn State is everybody forgets about a team that's 10-2 and two because they lose to Ohio State and Michigan, that type of situation, but they're a really, really good team defensively. They Remember, the Ohio State game, that final score was so deceptive. That was a tight game going into the fourth quarter, and then Ohio State hits a, a third-down conversion. The next play, he hits a Buka for a touchdown pass. If this offense, with a far better quarterback, and I'll tell you right now, whether Drew Aller is that guy this year, but by 2024 he will be, they've probably got their best quarterback in state college since, I would say, Kerry Collins. That's how good Drew Aller has a chance of being. He is absolutely that good. The running ga- running game tandem is unbelievable. This team with this defense has an opportunity to really be special. If they can pull off the miracle, and I shouldn't say miracle, but a tough upset victory in Columbus, this team then could beat Michigan at home. Why are you smiling? Because you mentioned Kerry Collins. You know, I'm just saying, That's Drew, I'm Drew, Aller, Drew Aller's that good. You got to go back almost 30 years for Penn State. They've had, no, you're ser- not wrong. They've had serviceable guys, but they've never had great quarterbacks. They've had guys that have gotten hyped up, but they're just not as good. Drew Aller, he's got the arm strength. He's got good mobility. He can do it all. He is a big-time player. Well, they look, Hackenberg had a lot of skill set, but wasn't really that good. McGloin was just a grinder who ended up actually somehow in the NFL. It's kind of the same thing with Clifford, in all honesty. Him and McGloin were, were but, pretty similar, in all honesty. You know who Penn State reminds me of on the East Coast? Reminds right. me of UCLA on the West Coast. A little bit in football, yeah? Yeah, like you look Penn at Penn State's UC- better, though. Yeah, no, I'm not saying they're not. What I'm saying is, like, you look at UCLA and go, man, they got some real dudes at some positions, but then there's some key areas where they're missing people, and that's the same thing with Penn State, right? They've got great talent at certain positions, and then somewhere else you're like, well, they're missing this or they're missing that piece. Like, when they've had good receivers – uh, you know, you look at uh, who's the kid in uh, Washington D.C. Uh, for the uh, for the Commanders. Uh, the receiver, Dotson, Jahan Dotson, Jahan Dotson was an absolute dude, but they didn't have the quarterback play to get him the ball as effectively, right? When you look at guys like Emeka Ibuka and Marvin Harrison at Ohio State, they've had the quarterback play. Now they've got the quarterback play to elevate the receivers. I think this team is really, really good defensively. Like I said, they should be right there nationally once again, top ten, top fifteen team. And I think you're right, Jeff. The season win total sitting at over nine and a half. This has got to be a play on the Lions over nine and a half. Yeah. Look, one thing people forget, and I think part of it's economics, the ticket prices have gotten so high in college football. Ohio State, after the Oregon game, hasn't sold out every game. Michigan hadn't been selling out. Penn State, you know, you, you still get the 100000 but when you go to State College and it is loud, I, I got to tell you, it is the second loudest stadium I've ever been in when it's absolutely a whiteout situation. You can't hear yourself think. This is a very talented team. And if you're gonna, if you don't want chalk in the Big Ten, this is the team you look at. That schedule is so manageable. Ten and two, you go worse than ten and two, it's a disappointment. If you lose to Ohio State in the shoe, fine. Even if you lose at home to Michigan, yeah, be a little upset, but all right. Michigan might be the best team in the country. So win your other ten, get over, get in the New Year's Six Bowl. Ten and six, ten and two should be able to do that with Penn State. By the way, Wes Reynolds. Our friend, of course, uh, here at the network, Vison tonight, where he where he hosts a show, he wrote up the entire Big Ten. Yeah. So his preview will be available in the betting guide coming on Thursday. That you're going to give us a little sneak peek or something about what Wes said. Oh well, Wes will be on the show Wes, tomorrow. Wes will be on the show tomorrow, and I don't want to spoil what he's going to okay. have to say on the show. That's, that's well played, well see? played. See, I see his pick on here, but I, I'm not going to say anything. All I'll say is you're right. I mean, West Virginia and the Mounties, I'm still surprised that uh, Neil Brown's the head coach there. Surprised he survived this long. <laughs> so, so am I. And, um, you know, the road games at Illinois, at Northwestern, of course, the game in Columbus, at Maryland, and at Michigan State, this team 
Look, they got to play two great games against the Buckeyes and the Wolverines. They've got an opportunity as a good dark horse. I don't know, uh, Dustin, if you've got the odds to win the Big Ten, but if you're looking for a team that's not going to be a favorite, six to one's not outlandish. I think Penn State and Wisconsin, both at six to one and seven fifty, are not outlandish plays. I still think though, Michigan and Ohio State are the class of it. You alluded to it. I don't think Michigan's got the best talent in college football this season in terms of pure talent. Ohio State's got the best talent in college football. They got potential six first-round picks on this team. But I think the team that's best positioned to win the national title is Michigan. Just because that game's at home. The game's at home. They have the weakest non-conference schedule of any team in the Power Five that's a legitimate contender. I mean, the, the, the schedule's a joke. Well, you tell me UNLV can't play Michigan tight? Sure, they can for about the first three plays. <laughs> I could be wrong because that's Michigan, only if UNLV has the ball. Well, that's exactly that's ex- <laughs> it was funny. You stole my punchline. I said that was only if Blake Corum doesn't bust one for 75 on the first or second play of the game. Oh man. Uh plus 175 both on or plus 165, I should say. Michigan and Ohio State, co-favorites in the Big Ten. Again, Wes Reynolds wrote up all the teams in our college football betting guide coming later this week. We'll get Florida State a little bit later for you, Amal, because yeah. that's another team where their schedule is so front-loaded with two two as the most difficult games that anyone has in college football the first four weeks, and then it turns into a cakewalk after the first month. So we'll get to Florida State in the next segment. I'll just, uh, we'll get your thoughts there. I'll just say this. Where are the college football playoff games this year? Do you know off the top of your head? I oh, wow. I, 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 well, isn't it the last rotation of it? So it's got to be the Peach Bowl, right? Peach and Fiesta? No, Peach was last year. Uh, Ohio State played Georgia in that that's one. That's right. So then it's got to be the Rose Bowl then. Uh, yeah, so I Rose think it's the Sugar. Rose, yeah, Rose and Sugar. Yeah, but that's what it has to be. I- I'll tell you this. If you're a Florida State supporter, you better start making plans to take time off in January. Ooh. How about that for a tease? Comes up next on Florida State Sharp Money. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Download the DraftKings app today, and new customers can bet $5 and get $150 in bonus instantly. Use the promo code VSIN when you sign up. DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for full terms and conditions. Welcome back in. Sharp Money's the show. I'm Jeff Parles. I'm all shot. Dustin Sweetelson here as well. Dustin, do we have like an alert sound for MLB trade, or is that just not a thing? I'm eating my lunch. Oh, you're eating your lunch. Okay, that's the alert sound. Uh, lunchtime chewing is the alert sound for trades. Uh, Ken Rosenthal has a first. Paul Seawall to the Diamondbacks from the Mariners. Josh uh, Rojas and uh, Dominic Canzone uh, go uh, as well uh, in this deal. But you know them all? I don't get why the Mariners are selling. I don't I, they're just one of those teams where they're four and a half out of the wild card. They're better suited to go on a run than the angels are. And here they are selling again. Depoto drives me crazy because he just did all these trades all the time. And in the one year going into a season where it looks like they have great momentum, they made the playoffs last year. They won the wild card series. Yeah. They got swept by Houston, but who cares? He made the playoffs. And he does nothing this offseason to really improve the team, and now they're selling. Well, this kind of proves me your, crazy. This proves your point, though, because he just can't sit still. Yeah. He can't let things build. Instead, he has to break it up and start over again. Yeah. When, again, last offseason was the perfect opportunity to go out and make a big splash with the trade because that team was set up to go go on a run, and now he's just, oh, I'll trade my closer. I mean, they added Tay Oscar, and they added Luis Castillo last year at the deadline. There's no reason for this team to to be where they are. They should be, should be in first place. They in that should division. be the best team potentially in that division. I <laughs> they agree. should be in first place with all the injuries that Houston has had with the pitching injuries that Texas has. They shouldn't be five and a half out. They should be leading by five and a half. Yeah. I just read that they're, they're looking at suitors for Ty France. Also is a very why? underrated controllable young player. That's cheap. Like I don't understand why you would deal him right now. And it's just a lot of it doesn't make sense. I don't get it. Rojas, Kenzone, and Bliss to Seattle for Seawald. Sure. Not much Bliss in Seattle right now, though. All right, Amal, let's go back to college football. Again, our college football betting guide comes out on Thursday. Zachary Cohen, who we are, a lot of Zachary Cohen in, in the guide this week. Did the Heisman preview, now the ACC write-up as well. The Florida State Seminoles, Amal Shah. Look, I, I, I was 
not quite ready to run Norvell out of there. Yeah. But this team has two of the hardest games of anyone the first four weeks of the season. Neutral, even though, yes, it's a better one for Florida State in Orlando, but technically a neutral gets LSU on the first Sunday, September 3rd, and then at Clemson in week four. After that, Amal, they are going to be at least a touchdown favorite in probably all these games except for maybe at Pitt. If Pitt is better than people think, they are well set up. If they can get one of those two against Clemson or LSU, they are well set up to go 11-1 in the regular season. Who's the loss? Well, I mean, if they split with LSU and Clemson. All right. Well, listen. I'm telling you right now. I think they're going to beat LSU the opening weekend in Orlando. They there were the better you go. team. They were the better team uh, in Baton Rouge last year, and they won that game on the blocked extra point. But they really should have punched in a touchdown. The game would have been over. Would have never gotten to that. When you look at this team, just start with the skill positions at your best player. We talked about Jordan Travis, potential Heisman candidate. He is not the NFL's best quarterback in the ACC, that's Drake May. But in terms of in the college football landscape, in terms of what you need, Jordan Travis, for my money, is the best quarterback in the ACC. His mobility with his legs is tremendous. The ability to throw the football. Trey Benson's an all-league talent. Him or Will Shipley could be the offensive uh, tailback of the year in the ACC. They're both outstanding. And then Johnny Wilson, 6'4", 6'5", tough matchup. They get Keon Coleman, who transfers in from Michigan State. This team is going to be extremely dangerous. On the offensive line, they've added in a couple of transfers. Casey Roddick comes in from Colorado. He's got a chance to be an all-league performance uh, performer. You bring in Jeremiah Byers from UTEP. I know you sit there and say UTEP, but the reality of it is this team is in a really good position to be very effective. That, that doesn't even include on the defensive side of the ball. When you look at the talent that is there already, you got Fabian Levette back. You, you bring in Brandon, uh, excuse me, Brandon, Brandon Fisk as a transfer. Just adds to what this defensive front can do. This team is going to be really dangerous. I think if they navigate, as you alluded to, to me, the toughest game is not the game at LSU. It's the game against Clemson in the regular season. If you can win that game, great. Even if they lose it, though, it's not the end of the world. Because remember, now we don't have a division battle in the ACC championship game. It's going to be the teams with the two best records. Can you win a potential rematch in Charlotte? That's going to be key for this team. If this team does not go 11-1 in the regular season at the very least, it's going to be a disappointment. I, I know it's hard to say that when you play LSU and at Clemson, but this team is absolutely loaded they are ready to go. The college football playoff, and we talked about it. It's in uh, the Rose Bowl and the uh, what New Orleans, right, for the two playoff games, and then Houston for the national championship. This could be an I-10 season for uh, Florida State. Go West, as they say, young man. And the Seminoles have got a great shot this year. I'm not saying they're going to win the national title, but as the season progresses and that confidence grows, they have the talent, they have the ability to play with anyone in college football. The ECC is a weird conference for me this year where – Clemson and Florida State have so much more talent than everyone else. Yeah. And I just wonder with Clemson, now obviously this is now year two where Dabo didn't have his coordinators that helped them win all everything. Yeah. Elliott, of course, in year two in Virginia. And we know uh, Venables is in, at Oklahoma. So I wonder if Dabo had to, after a season that was sunk by a mediocre quarterback play a year ago, if Klubnik comes in, and plays well. He did play well for a chunk of time last year after he replaced DJU. Clemson just has to be the favorite like they are right now in the league because that game is in Death Valley. That is the only reason that they should be a slight favorite over Florida State because their path to make it to the ACC title game is a, is easier than Florida State's path to get there. Remember, no, it's just pure 1-2 now in the yeah. ACC title game. You're absolutely right about that. That's why it's like the Michigan-Ohio State scenario, similar situation here. But I think uh, Florida State's got a better chance of winning in uh, Death Valley than probably Ohio State does in Ann Arbor, even though I think both can win on the road. I, I just look at the situation right now. You get Miami at home. Okay, you do have to play Florida, but that won't affect your uh, ACC standing, so that helps a lot. I think this team's in a great position to have a tremendous season. They did very well last year. They, they right now are just ahead of everybody else outside of Clemson in this league. This should be a banner year for Mike Norbell's team. Trey Benson's a guy. I mean, think about this. When you go back, and Jeff, a little bit before your time, when you think about teams at Florida State in the 90s, quarterbacks would sit for two, three years and then come in and play for two years, and you knew always knew who the running backs were. Trey Benson's kind of a forgotten man. 
This is a guy that's extremely talented, very dangerous, a home run threat. I love the Seminoles team. I think they've got a great shot. If you could find a bet on Florida State to make the college football playoff, I would take a look at it. The season win total is at 10. I would only play to the over. I don't see three losses on this schedule unless they got catastrophic injuries at quarterback and at running back. But overall, I think this team's in a great, great position. Wake Forest is going to be a little bit down this year, so when they go to Winston-Salem, not a problem. You reference the game at Heinz Field against Pittsburgh. Narduzzi's teams are always tough, particularly at home. I just don't think they've got the talent to be able to keep pace with the Seminoles right now. And then I like the way they went with a little SEC scheduling. You play North Alabama in the second to last game of the year. So you play Miami, North Alabama, and then at Florida. So you kind of have a good little bit of a buffer before you play a second rival in three weeks. This team is absolutely ready to go. Should be a huge year uh, in Tallahassee. Plus 320 to make the playoffs. What Do you know what their odds are to win the league? Plus 165. I would bet the plus 320 to win the AC. I'm sorry, to sorry, make sorry, the college football playoff. Sorry about that. Plus 150. I'm plus 150. I'd make the plus 320 to make the college football playoff over uh, the 150 to win the ACC. I mean, if they're winning the ACC, they're probably making the playoff this year, unless they lose twice. If the they lose season. to LSU and, and Clemson lose, in yeah. that first month and then flip around and beat Clemson in, where, where is that? Is that Charlotte still? Charlotte, yeah. Still Charlotte? That would also be one of those where you might actually just want to wait for a better number on Florida State because, remember, the market, there are going to be a lot of people that forget that there's two, it's just one, two in the ACC, not divisional base. Clemson, of course, was with Florida State all those years. So maybe you get a little bit of an odds dip if Florida State loses to Clemson more than you should. In terms of winning the ACC? Yeah, absolutely. Here's the thing, though. In terms of the college football playoff, if Florida State beats LSU, that number is going to drop to about two to one. Yeah, because then the then you've got the, because the Clemson game, then they could theoretically lose during the regular season, win the ACC title game, and still get in the college football playoff. Florida State to win it all right now, eighteen to one. The yeah. other team we documented earlier, Not Penn a bad State, bet. twenty-five to one. I'd much rather have eighteen to one on Florida State. They're more likely to be in the playoff than Penn State. You know, it's funny just looking at all these numbers. I, I Georgia's too short. Even though they are the best team, they're too short to play. I, I, I don't agree they're the best team. The two Big Ten teams are what stand out to me. Alabama, Alabama probably should be the same number as Ohio State, and Michigan should probably be the same number as both of those teams. Bama six to one, Buckeyes six and a half to one, Michigan eight to one. I, I disagree with you that Georgia's the best team. You think it's Michigan? I think. Pure, not pure talent wise, but when you you have to factor in the schedule, that's a part of the equation. Michigan has got a quarterback. They've got the best running back room. They've got an experienced team. And look, both Big Ten teams should have won their playoff games last year. They, they both missed out on it. We'll, we'll get into it a little bit more. Michigan definitely should have won. We'll be back to wrap things up on Sharp Money. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast 
NBA DNA with Hannah Storm digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Who will win the Heisman Trophy? Who will be in the final four for the college football playoff? Which teams will surprise and which will disappoint? All those questions and more can be answered in our college football betting guide, which comes out later this week. Detailed team previews, picks, and best bets from our writers, hosts, and DraftKings personalities are just a few quick clicks away by becoming a VEASAN Pro subscriber. Not only will you get the college football betting guide, you'll also get our NFL betting guide, which is already out, and an all-access pass to daily best bets, picks at a glance from VEASAN shows, show hosts and guests, and full viewing of our DraftKings betting splits. Check them out today. All the offers, VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Final segment for us here on Sharp Money. I'm Jeff Parles. I'm all shot. Dustin Sweetelson. Patrick Maher. Remember him? He's back tomorrow. Look, happy to see Patrick back. Dustin, we'll get to your top 10 quarters, quarterback list a little bit later in the segment. Because I want to bring up one last thing on, on this college football season ahead of them all. Where going through my playoff teams, it was very easy for me to get number one. Very easy for me to get number one and number two, which was Georgia was number one for me, and then the Big Ten East champion was number two, where I have Ohio State. But I have no problem if you put Michigan there or if somehow Penn State wins the Big Ten East. No problem with number two. Number three, I have Alabama because they get the game against LSU, and I think at some po- at home, and at some point, Saban is going to realize that Milrow is his best quarterback. At some point, he's going to do it whether it be at the beginning of the season or a little bit later on. I have no idea what to do at number four because I have a hard time seeing the committee putting just teams from two conferences in the last year with four teams. I just have a hard time seeing them go SEC, Big Ten, SEC, Big Ten. Even if that might be the correct thing to do, I just have a hard time doing it. So I have no idea unless if, again, the way I had Florida State and Clemson seasons playing out is, Florida State loses to LSU and Clemson, then beats Clemson the other way around. Clemson doesn't get in as a non-conference champion. And in the Big Ten, Big 12, I have totally blowing up. Um, I don't – I'm not going to discount the Big 12 because I think Texas is going to be a little bit more dangerous with Quinn Ewers than people realize. I think Texas has a great shot to go to Tuscaloosa and win the game. Dustin, I don't know if you've got the number on the early lines of the year in terms of Texas and Alabama. It's probably about seven in favor of the Crimson Tide, maybe more, I don't know. Uh, but I think Texas got a great shot to pull an upset there. I do still like Alabama. Seven, right? Seven. Yeah. Um, I do like Alabama, uh, but I we'll see in terms of the passing game. Um, that, that's my one concern. Can, can this team throw the ball? I'm not worried about the running game. I think the offensive line will be fine. If they can do that, Jeff, I think they've got a great shot to win the SEC. Uh, we had um, – Barrett Salee on from CBS Sports Network, and I said, hey, what happens if they get to the SEC title game? And if these guys lose to Alabama, Georgia, that is, do they not make the postseason because of the schedule? If you if Tennessee does not have a good year, Georgia's not going to have a win over a top 25 team until the SEC title game. Schedule's a joke. Schedule's absolutely a joke. It's kind of crazy to see Georgia as odds on in the SEC, even though it probably is right because you know they're going to be in Atlanta. Well, they're a great bet because they're going to win the SEC East easily. They're going to get to Atlanta, and then you can just take the other side as a hedge. 
Bama right now sitting at three to one. And I will say one thing. Alabama three to one. Those are got to be the longest odds in Alabama to win the SEC since probably what? 2008? At least. Right. I mean, it's been forever since the Crimson Tide. They're not, losing, they're not losing to Louisiana Monroe anymore. No. <laughs> the Warhawks, huh? Hey, that was, that was the biggest win in Louisiana Monroe history, wasn't what, it? What do you think about SC? I love Caleb Williams. He's a generational college football player. But the problem is the defense stinks. You're right on Grinch. Grinch is as bad of a defensive coach as there is in college football. And he kept he keeps failing upwards. Because I think he's friends with Lincoln Riley. That's why he's still there. To me, Lincoln Riley, if he went out and got a Jim Knowles type of coach, a Brent Venables type of guy, SC could get back to that run that they had with Pete Carroll. Yeah, I, look, it's not crazy. Again, the Big Ten move makes it a little more dicey potentially because you're going to be dealing with having to make sure you get by Michigan in Ohio State, but after this year, you have a bigger playoff, so it's not as big of a concern. You just got to get to the dance. So I'm going to say something about Caleb Williams real quick. Yeah, go, I, go for it. The last I've been watching college football probably since about 1985. The best college quarterbacks I've seen, the two for my money that I saw at the collegiate level, forget what they did in the pros or what their projections were, were probably Sam Bradford and uh, Tim Couch in terms of accuracy and throwing the ball. They were unbelievable players, and they both turned out to be first overall picks. Lamar Jackson, Vince Young, um, Cam Newton, probably the most unstoppable players I've ever seen in the uh, the quarterback position. But I got to tell you, I've never seen a quarterback who is as good as Caleb Williams at keeping a play alive without running when he has the option to and keeping his eyes down the field. When you watch SC play, he will keep plays around for six, seven seconds. I said if, if you were Michigan with the big money donors, why, why didn't Stephen Ross go to USC and say, hey, listen, We'll give you $20 million, Caleb. Come to come to Michigan. That team's winning the national title. It's not even a question. It's just who's going to play them. And it's the same thing with Ohio State. They brought in a Caleb Williams. But he is that good. Uh, to me, Caleb Williams is – Bryce Young was great, great accuracy, but he doesn't have the physical strength that Caleb Williams has. This guy – unfortunately, he didn't stay at Oklahoma, and I'm sure Oklahoma fans were mad at him because he transferred to USC. But that come-from-behind performance against Texas, that is – Jeff, I have been to a ton of Red River games, and there have been some great games and great players. That performance is as good as any I've ever seen in the Red River in 20 years. He's a special player, and they are the best team on paper. But like I said, that defense I don't trust, and the bigger issue that I have, and I did end up putting USC in as number four because I couldn't find anyone yeah. because I think 12-1 and one for the Pac-12 championship might get it done. But the fact that they can't play against Utah scares me. And Utah seemingly is undervalued this year. Well, And, I mean, look, they, that schedule is very manageable for USC, but they have a five-week stretch on that back end where at Notre Dame won't be easy. Utah matches up great with them. They'll beef Cal in, in Berkeley. But then the two old Pac-12 North teams in Washington and Oregon having to go to Hudson, I mean, not an easy five-game stretch for the Trojans there. No, you're absolutely right about the real challenging schedule there. But, you know, Utah is like – Michigan State men's college basketball. Yeah, a little bit. Right, like, oh, they're not going to do anything. Next thing you look around, you're like, eh, Izzo's going to be going to the Elite Eight. Right, like, it's just Utah. They don't respect them. Ah, don't worry about it. They'll be there for the Pac-12 title. We'll make the adjustment at halftime, and we'll just blow SC right off the field. I mean, Kyle Whittingham, for me, is one of the top five coaches in college football. You Cam Rising is back. They do lose Dalton Kincaid. That's a big loss for them from an offensive standpoint. But this team is, still has very good talent. And they do exactly what their program wants to do, which is win the trenches and play physical football. The schedule, if they were to run the table or have one loss, this team's got a great shot for the college football playoff. Yeah, I, I, I would I would say so. As Florida well. at Baylor, they have, UCLA, they have, they, at Oregon State, at SC, at Washington? Look, if they find a way to beat SC or Washington in their building, they have to get one of them. They, you can't go ten and two. You got to go eleven and one. But man, I mean, look, I mean, they have four legitimately difficult road games this year. Oh, because Waco will not be easy either. No, no, no. They're, even look at, at Arizona won't be easier. Jed Fish has got that team going in the right direction. But if they could navigate this schedule at Baylor, at Oregon State, at USC, at Washington, don't forget one thing: Husky Stadium. When the Huskies are going. The support that the Purple gets up in Seattle is unbelievable. And I think Penix and company, I, I know I'm not as high as Dustin is on Washington, but I think this team could be extremely dangerous because of the receiving core. 
uh, McMillan, Adunzie. These are absolute dudes on the perimeter. Well, speaking of Dustin, got a list, new list this week. Oh, it's one that could be controversial. I like it. The top 10 NFL quarterback. I, I saw it. That's why I was trying to talk over him. So here's the list. My top 10 current NFL quarterbacks will begin with number 10, Tua Tagovailoa. I Why can't I say Tagovailoa. No, I, I know you're supposed to say that, but there's no N in it. So yeah, why do we it, it? I know I'm supposed to say it, but I don't, my tongue doesn't want to do it. Here's the Tua. Is I am uh, I am into and on. I am a big Tua guy. I think he's super accurate. I I think he's a winning football player. I would take his accuracy over some of these guys who hurl it 70 yards in the air downfield. 65% career passer. And last year, he was 12th in passing yards despite missing four games. I know he's got two great weapons, but it's his job to get them the ball, and he does that at a high level. He's my number 10 quarterback. And then at number nine, I am one of maybe four people in the country that are Kirk Cousins guys. I think he is criminally underrated. That may be a, a hot topic there, but he's very consistent you know what you're getting from Kirk Cousins. Above 65% every year he's been in Minnesota, averaging almost 31 touchdowns, 10 interceptions a year since going to the Vikings. 4,000 yards in seven of eight years there. I just think he is a very, very solid quarterback that people crush. I, I didn't realize he was such an optimist with four people saying he's over underrated. That's all the time we have here today on Sharp Money. For Dustin, for Amal, I'm Jeff Parles. Patrick is back tomorrow. See you next time here on Visa. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.